Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, and we're talking Colorado. If you've following the news, you're thinking, oh, realignment stuff. Well, not that Colorado yet, because we don't really know what's happening with them quite yet as we sit here on Tuesday afternoon. But David Ubbin and Ari Wasserman had a really interesting conversation recently about Deion Sanders in Colorado. I know what you're thinking, Deion Sanders? An interesting conversation? For sure. <laughs> but David was on vacation when Dion made the comments on the Rich Eisen show about... The I want a quarterback from a two-parent family, but I want a D-lineman from a single mom and all that. And very interesting thoughts from these two. And and it got us thinking, like, we need to have this conversation because Dion always says the quiet part out loud over and over and over and over and over again. He says things that coaches say pretty frequently behind closed doors, but he says them in front of microphones. And so, guys, uh, I'm going to let you guys have the floor and... Just tell us what, what what you guys were talking about, so we can we can all get in on this conversation. Ari, yeah, I mean, I we both I cover recruiting for the athletic, and he is like the Dion guy at the athletic. So when he said this stuff, I just called him informally to discuss what we should do about it, if anything, you know. And it turned into a twenty minute conversation on the phone about. You know, how big of a deal is this? Um, you know, what does it say about Dion? Uh, you know, the interesting dynamic between being the savior or the, or the viewed as the savior of HBCUs to saying things that are insensitive to the community that HBCUs matter to the most. Um, and just in general, like what this means sensitive to, to most communities, if you want to, if you want to take yeah. it that way. So. Well, sure, sure. And it's like. Um, you know, the other thing too, that he said, and I don't know if you have the clip on this too, about, um, what was the, he said one other thing, Dave, that was, that just escaped my mind for some reason. Um, do you guys want to hear the Rich Eisen clip to, to refresh? This is, let's do it. This is no, Dion on Rich Eisen. I remember Eisen. the the thing that he said too, and okay. I don't know if he said it on Rich Eisen, you play it. And if he doesn't, then I'll say it. When okay. You come back. All right. Sure. All right. This is Dion on Rich Eisen. Uh, I believe it was Super Bowl week. 
Can you tell who that is just by talking to him now that you're walking in the living rooms and you're seeing more and more well, and more? we have I mean, different attributes. You? Smart, tough, fast, disciplined with character. Yep. We're looking at now. Now, quarterbacks are different. Yeah. We want mother, father, you know, dual parent. Mm-hmm. We want that kid to be three, five and up because he's got to be smart. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad decisions off the field uh, at all mm-hmm. because he has to be a leader of men. It's so many different attributes and what we look for when we see a quarterback. And you would love a coach's son somewhere that the coach has coached him and I'm not going down my road I see you smiling because I, right, I know I, I know who, you're, I know about, who your quarterback is he's right talking now. about my son I'm like, <laughs> I didn't just build a template for my son but that's what really we look for in quarterbacks different positions are different like 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 old lineman I look for dual parent homes right a strong father that they adhered uh, to right um Smart kid, three at least three three, and above. You're also describing hurts. Yeah, tough. Well. I mean, uh, physical. I mean, offensive line. My defensive line is totally opposite. What do you mean? Single mama. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Trying to get it. <laughs> He's on free lunch. I mean, like, uh, I mean, I'm talking about just trying to make it. He trying to rescue mama. Like, mama barely made the flight. Trying to get out the mud. And I want him to just go get it. I, I, it's a whole different yeah. attributes that you look for in different positions. And we have that stuff just chronicle. We know what we want and we go get it. The, the context of that is they were right before we're talking about Jalen Hurts who was about to play in the Super Bowl, who comes from a two-parent family, who is a coach's son, all, all that stuff. So Ari, was was the thing you were thinking of in there or not? Mm-mm. He also was talking about Boulder, and I, I think there were two different interviews. Oh, uh, maybe he it was in the same Boulder interview. In too. He talked yeah. about Boulder and how he said, you know, it's so nice to be in a place that uh, doesn't have a very strong police presence. He's like, I haven't seen a police officer since I got here. I had to pull one over myself. He said, I pulled him over, you know, and it's just like, kind of like, I don't know if it was just me, Dave, and you, you correct me, but it just seemed like kind of mean to Jackson state and the community that, you know, and, and you sent me something that Bomani Jones said, which we can get into too, about, you know, everybody talks about the funding issues and, you know, the facilities and the, the, you know, issues that HBCUs have, but nobody ever discusses what they've done for the people that went there. You know, it's like Deion Sanders has like indirectly torn down Jackson State since he left there without ever really acknowledging what Jackson State did in terms of providing him a platform to be qualified for this job. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I think the biggest thing is just like a lot of this is is unnecessary. I think that's where I kind of land on this and, and maybe oversimplified because, you know, Andy, you alluded to it to start the show. The traits that they're talking about are a lot of things that I would say a vast majority of coaches would probably agree with him on. But there's a line in between when you're starting to describe that, okay? Well, can you imagine Nick Saban saying that? That that's the that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 what we're talking about is that you risk alienating people. You know, it's it, it from a pragmatic perspective, you risk alienating people who you're probably gonna have to try to recruit in the future. Now, for me, I look at it this way, okay? When you're running down that list of things, there's a list of things that the player can control. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Their GPA, uh, you know, how much do they love football? Uh, I forget what any other things said. There's a lot of things that the players can control. Well, how driven they one, are in general, which yeah, is the implication yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah. One parent household, two parent household, uh, you know, how much money your family has. You don't, the player doesn't control that. And that's yeah. where it steeps over into the, like, unnecessary and then i think you risk the you know at the end of the day we're talking about stereotyping is a lot of those things that he said generally true 
if you pay any attention to the demographics of college football, I mean, it's more true than not true, I guess. But it's there's so many well um, here's, exceptions to both of those rules that it's kind of like, what are we even doing? Like, also, too, like if Malachi Nelson was from a single parent home, would they not recruit him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think and they'd take him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but here's the, the thing that I found interesting. I was talking to some people at the combine and we this topic came up and it was like, it was like, hey, you know, every scout in America says all, all that same stuff. Mm-hmm. Like all of them. <laughs> and it's just like, well, yeah, you're probably right. And, and like you said, Ari, all the coaches say that too behind closed doors well the thing that i think is interesting here is you know i'm not somebody who gets wound up when people say things lord knows i've said things on the show that i probably shouldn't have said um but i think it is an interesting uh dynamic to look at just like who dion is and like what his what drives dion and i don't necessarily think that the thought that we had about him while he was at jackson state about being the savior or the person who brings back hbcus was ever really but was ever really the thing for him. He never said it. I mean, he right. tried no, I know. He tried to make things better for HBCUs while he was there, but which is the way that he would it, you have to was, approach that job. It in was it was clear yeah. that he was trying to get a power five job. Like just like any other coach who coaches. That that part I don't get. Like criticizing him because he went to Jackson State and didn't stay at Jackson State for 50 years. Like what what did you want him to do? He wants well, to be a coach think, at, the, think, at the highest so, level. A lot, of the, a lot of the criticism came from just like, there's a line between being loyal for who is signing your checks and saying like, I, you know, when he's talking about being called here and I feel like, you know, I want to be here to like, I don't think he ever used the term saver of HBCUs, but like, I don't think he was running from that perception. And when you're but selling he did, that and on he the did, recruiting he trail. He did try to make it better. He brought he in more more money I, for Jackson State. But I think when you're, when you're he, selling that on he, the recruiting trail, yeah. and you bring Travis Hunter and yeah. all these guys, and then a year later you're taking Travis Hunter away, and you're and you're bringing guys with him. I can't blame him. Like any coach that's worth their salt is obviously going to do that, and you're going to make things better as best as they can be for whoever is signing your checks. That's you know the coaching profession is largely a group of hired mercenaries. To what do if it that. had been but UT Chattanooga instead like, of Jackson State? They're both What'd FCS schools. What if it had UT Chattanooga instead of Jackson State? Well, but we be that, hand but that's, over that's this? kind of what we're talking about. Like we're that, like when you're when you're specifically talking about HBCUs and all the challenges that HBCUs face, um, and the reasons why some of those challenges are there. You know, I don't consider myself a scholar of HBCUs. I understand a little bit of it. Uh, I didn't go to one. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not like super well versed in all of the things that make things in life difficult for places there, but I just, you know, it's just the whole, the whole thing is kind of, it's kind of odd to me more than anything else. Well, here's um, something that interesting that, that happened to me guys. Um, and I'll never forget it, but the day that Travis Hunter signed with Jackson state, I tweeted out that. That, to me, made Deion Sanders a candidate for Power 5 jobs. That one thing that he did alone. Oh, yeah. If you could I convince a, the number one player in the country to go to a HBCU over Georgia and Alabama and everywhere else he had offers from, then you can recruit with anybody at any level. And I tweeted that out, and there was a large uproar 
from a certain pocket of the Twitter HBCU supporting community about how I'm racially insensitive, how I'm trying to take something away from the HBCU community, how Deion Sanders is two two toes down or two feet down um, on building the HBCUs back up. And there is a large segment of the population who bought into Deion Sanders, the HBCU savior, not Deion Sanders. I'm climbing the professional ladder. they, They made that up themselves. Dion yeah, and I'm not and that. I'm not blaming yeah. him he or criticizing him for it, that. Though. Let's be honest, he wasn't but running like, from it. I also don't blame him for not running for it because the only way that you can be successful at Jackson State is by embracing that. Yeah, this you know, is like, this he is has no to different do that. from the coach who's you know a coach at USF who's like, well, I've always wanted to coach at USF; it's my dream job. But then if Alabama I mean, calls him, he's though, going. It's it's yeah. kind of different though. Like there there is like there is certainly in the way that like race and like the social climate of America has talked about like this is always going to be a hot button but, but here's the thing so it, it, you're, you're right about that HBCU versus USF but but you're right about that but you're but also what Ari said and Ari I I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth but again if Dion had been coaching Chattanooga instead of Jackson State and landed the number one recruit in the country you would have said the same thing that's true that yeah that would make him a candidate for any power five job yeah, yeah, and it's like I wasn't coming like at it from a racial standpoint. I was just yeah. making a comment on how well he he recruited. It could have been any non power five school. Yeah, right. It could have been any non power five school, and you just said the same thing. But it gave me a key into how much Deion Sanders meant to a lot of people for a different reason. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when he is in this scenario now, whether or not it was ever his intention to be the savior of HBCUs is kind of irrelevant. I think what he sold to these people um, and, and and telling them how much he cares and how much he sympathizes uh, with that as a problem and wanting to fix it. And he did make strides in fixing it. But the second you go to Colorado, which is in the whitest area of the country um, and start making fun of the police presence in Jackson, it's like that's like the exact opposite of what you were working for there. And it's well, like, was I'm not, he talking I'm not, about Jackson or was he talking about all the places he's lived? Um, my well, understanding he was like he was talking about Dow- Jackson. He spent yeah. most of his time in suburban Dallas. Well, he's also grew up in Fort Myers. So sure. we'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All of this stuff is stuff a coach who is at a job who wants a bigger job would do. Every coach who's at a job who wants a bigger job acts like the job they have is the greatest job ever. It's the greatest school ever. It's the greatest place ever. And he wants to be there forever. When we all know it's not true. Why is he any different? Why is it different? I think think 99% of the time that happens, there's no racial undertones to that. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest part of it is like wanting to save. Well, we'll stop using the word save, but wanting to help USF grow or UT Chattanooga grow is different than going to guys and saying, because you forget too, a lot of this was on the back of like the George Floyd thing where people are like, what can we do to help? And he's sort of strumming that guitar saying, hey, let's go build up HBCUs. Let's get all this talent down here. And so like, I get where they're coming from, but I think like... I just land with I get like all the from the pragmatic sense, Andy. You're right, but I kind of get where Ari's coming from. For me, it just feels unnecessary to even really yeah. be talking well, about a lot of. This. But what was back. the reason let's why go. Travis Hunter went to Jackson State? Was it simply to go play for Dion? Yeah, because that's not Dion. what he said in a lot of the interviews right after he, it happened. Well, Ari, it's all those Ari, he went it's for Dion. If Dion hadn't Dion. been there, he'd be at Florida State right now. <laughs> yeah, he went yeah. for Dion. Well, it's yes. it, it's to play for Dion and to be developed by the greatest corner that's ever lived, but also to mm-hmm. share in that vision. Like I, I would be shocked if he didn't care about that. I'm sure there was a sliver of, you know, hey, I want to be the first person to do something. When I interviewed him while he was committed to Florida state and wrote a big feature on him. Even before Jackson state was even a possibility. He talked about wanting to forge his own path and to go somewhere different that, uh, you know, he could, you know, do something and, and be the leader, you know? So I think that when you combine, you know, playing for Deion Sanders, which is something that is going to be highly attractive to a lot of young men. Um, there's also gotta be some sort of pool of, I'm going to do this for, for HBCUs. And I want to be the first person that says, Hey, it's okay to go to a place. And it doesn't have to have the best locker rooms and it doesn't have to have uh, uh waterfalls in the facility for me to be successful there. You know, and the second mm-hmm. that, you know, it's just like really ironic that the place that Dion ended up going to, and it wasn't by design. It was just one of the power five places that wanted him is probably the most polar opposite power five program that you could even come up with from Jackson state, right? Like it's not let's, even the let's same. Not, let's not, uh, let's not besmirch Stanford. Ari. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, st- yes. I mean, st- would Colorado be in the top five though of most yeah, opposite the, yeah. power yeah. five schools from yes. Jackson. So I would yes. say so. It's just like, to me, it's like, I'm not angry or upset. I don't blame Dion for doing anything that he did. I'm not trying to be, yeah. you know, drum up drama. I just don't know. And I think the way that you put it, Dave, when you said it was, is it just seems like unnecessary. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think that he could still do good for HBCUs, even though he's not there by talking them up or by encouraging other people to yeah. to recognize what that place did for him. You know, rather than there's so many cop cars in Jackson and there's not, a, you know, I had to pull one over in Colorado. It's like, a, it seems like you're so happy to get away from that when you're supposed to be the number one supporter of it. Well, no, he's supposed to make Colorado and Boulder sound like the greatest place in the world because that is now his job. Yeah. Like, again, 
we wouldn't be criticizing any of this had he gone from some other FCS school, you know, if you'd gone from Montana State to Colorado. Like, it's because of that. But the, the, the part of it where he says the quiet part out loud, I mm-hmm. think, is, is fascinating because I think Dion, more so than any other coach, which is crazy because he just started coaching you know, not very long ago. Like three years ago he, at a college is, level, yeah. Right. He has moved into the Howard Stern arena of nothing he says will shock anyone. He can say anything he wants. And it will not shock. Like how again, much do you think how much do you think that's part of the strategy? Because it felt like early on Harbaugh was almost taking a similar approach. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he stopped. Uh they weren't having a lot of success on the field, and, and I think he saw it wasn't helping them. Dion, there's no question that it helps raise his profile right now. And I don't know that we have any piece of evidence to suggest that this is hurting him in a way that matters. Like, you think about um, the thing at SWAC Media Day a couple years ago, or the thing with the, you know, he after the first game, he thought oh, people stole a bunch wallet, of stuff out yeah. of the locker room. All this sort of noise hasn't affected really anything, like, at all. No, um, it, it, and it's interesting because... Nick say like I'll bring back if Nick Saban had said the the stuff about two parent single mom all that the the volume of think pieces that would have been written <laughs> about those statements shout out well, to the Atlantic <laughs> there are people yeah. from all We're the sorts. Athletic by the way the Atlantic yes. would have chimed in on that one yeah there are all sorts of people who come from a single family home or single parent home sorry. Um, it doesn't yeah. matter where, where for you're a while, from. Yeah, for a while, you know, me. But there is a certain undertone to the way that it is said that is racially charged, right? Like there, right. there's a certain you know implication there that you know people will take from it. And I don't think that a white person could ever say that, regardless of whether or not they are thinking that when they're recruiting or whatever. I I just don't know. Too, it's like how much I even buy into the concept of a person from a single family home that's a lower income is going to be more driven than a quarterback who comes from two parents who wants to make it to the NFL. Yeah, like, I think, the, the I think whole, there's a level of I think there's a level of speciousness to it where it makes sense on paper, but yeah. then when you actually get in and talk to the to players and stuff, I don't know how much of that is is actually like you're right. a defen- it, you're a defensive lineman and you're better because you came from a low income family. So yeah, you're going to be better I, I at sacking the quarterback? It it, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't seem to follow the same rhyme or reason in real life. Like you'll meet You'll meet people who are just absolute dogs on the field in the weight room, and you find out that they're loaded. That's a dentist. And, yeah, grew, <laughs> yeah, grew up in, in you know, with every manner of privilege, but they're ju- that's just who they are. And you know, or you'll find guys that that came from not as much of a, a you know not a good background, and they don't have that same motive. They're not as motivated as the other person mm-hmm. is on the field just because they aren't. That's just not who they are. So we're not physically gifted as physically well, the gifted. Physi- physically gifted. That, that's also another we, we can get into other stereotypes, too. But you're right. I mean, it's it's a very interesting thing, though, that, that he's gotten to that point. And I'm really fascinated to see where he goes from here with that, because, again, he, unlike any other coach in America, can say whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. We won't be shocked, but we will repeat it and we will talk about it. Here we are in the middle of the offseason, talking about Deion Sanders, because we know that you're going to listen to this episode and you'll engage with it and you'll you'll be interested by it because he moves the needle. Well, and I come back to this, though, Andy, at the end of the day, 
this is a results business. And right now, based on what he did at Jackson State, was put up incredible results. And that's a lot of the reason why he gets the license to say whatever he wants. I go back to a guy who once called his current roster a pile of crap at SE, or at Charlie Big Weiss. Media Day. Yes, I was there. He did not. Yes, I was also there. I was in the hall, actually, when he said that, but I obviously was at the event. I was sitting there, and I'm like, that sounds awfully honest, but also not something I'd say out loud. Yes, <laughs> he doesn't get the he doesn't get the 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 uh, uh, the benefit of the doubt because there were a lot of questions about him already coming into Kansas yeah. that didn't end well at Notre Dame. He we had seen him fail, and that didn't go well for him, obviously at Kansas. But right now, if you're looking for negatives for Deion Sanders, things to poke at. For him as a college coach, you basically have what zero, nothing. What he has done has been unbelievable. Yeah, and that I think lends itself to well, why but, but, but he is Pugh sort of in the Howard Stern. Buddy Pugh in South Carolina State took it to him in that celebration bowl after the twenty-one. Sure, season. but sure, but that's that's you know <laughs> I, you lost. I, I, that's re- just my that's <laughs> my Buddy Pugh shout out. If you don't know who Buddy Pugh is, you talk really good HBCU coaches. He's one of them. So I yeah. just. If you don't know, I just missed, go read up on Buddy Pugh. He's a good dude. Andy, I missed my opportunity to give my guy Rusty Wright a shout-out when we were talking so deeply about Chattanooga this week. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I think just, that's that's where we – you know, that I think that's a huge part of it is uh, – it's like um, – what is the what is it I'm thinking of? Uh, I think this is from Parks and Rec. I can't remember. Or maybe it's from The Office. But it's, uh, it's like, well – if you say that this is not how a good college football coach acts, well, I'm a good college football coach, and I'm saying this and acting this way, so apparently it is. It's one of those things yeah. where it's like, <laughs> that's just how well, this, you know, that's the, just how this is going to go. The thing is, is that, you know, and there's a few people here that are, are listening that are like, why can't it just be a funny joke and leave it at that without subtexts? It's like, I'm not outraged. I'm not trying to be, you know, cancel yeah. this guy. Like, I'm not like in that mode. I just think it's a very interesting thing when we're trying to reprogram how he is perceived by most of the people who follow the sport. Well, like, clearly, I think people it's clearly a strategy on his part. Like what he's yes. doing is on purpose. And that's why we're talking about it. It's, it's not like he's just making an offhand comment. Like he knows this is a very smart person who is very media savvy, understands extreme, what I don't he's say, saying. I don't say this with a negative connotation, yeah. but extremely calculated. He knows what he's yeah. saying. Yeah, so. and the thing that's so funny about the the whole the whole comment is it's not even true. Like he wouldn't even follow that criteria on his own if it if it meant getting a good player. There are plenty of uh, five star quarterbacks who are going to be coming through the ranks that come from a single parent home that they would take in a heartbeat. And there's mm-hmm. probably plenty of defensive linemen that <laughs> went to private school that he'd love to have on his roster. And you know, it's just kind of like at the end of the day, it's always about. How do you get the best players and the most good players on your team that you possibly can get and backgrounds? I think we'll probably end up taking a second fiddle to how good they are as a football player. And that's kind of how it goes. So, you know, it just to me, it's like we have to remember that Deion Sanders is not, you know, anything other than a football coach. He's a very good football coach so far, and I'm excited to see where it goes with Colorado. But like he is a driven man who wants to win at the highest level, get the best possible players and either parlay that into, you know, a career at Colorado where he can continue to do this or get a better job down the road. Um, And that's who he is. He's not doing this for, you know, any community. I'm doing this for any 
you know, subsect of colleges. He's doing it for himself. And I think Deion Sanders, um, you know, am I allowed to say this is like, he's all about Dion, you know, and like, that's okay. Oh, there's a lot of coaches who are all about themselves. Um, and that's just kind of what the next step is going to be for how yeah. he's perceived to me. Now, the question is what conference is Dion going to spend most of his time <laughs> yes. in at Colorado? Because there, there is a, a board meeting of the Colorado board of regents on Tuesday morning that was a it was legal advice on a specific matter and an athletics update on the Pac-12, and that's that's all they said. It's executive session, so they don't have to the, to tell anybody what they talked about. Uh, it's not anything that's coming up for a vote because votes have to be public. But what do you think that means? Uh, I think to quote uh, Jack Shepard, um, Andy. I mm-hmm. believe the thought is that we, we have to go back. We have to go back. <laughs> Everybody's I, I didn't think you, for some reason, I thought you were going to talk about Jack Shepard is like some professor emeritus at Colorado. And I was like, he can't be, be talking about the doctor on Lost. He's the, to uh, he's the uh, alcohol yes. dependent uh, son of a abusive father, doctor uh, yeah. slash magic man. Slash we have to go back. I will say Listen, as, as a loyal viewer of that show, I think I dropped the cup I was holding when he said that. <laughs> One of the great TV moments, even though the last couple seasons of the show are Ooh, absolute bad. trash. But yeah, um, I Andy, I just have to laugh because everyone is just so nakedly chasing the money. And I remember when they left, it was like, well, the Big 12's not, you know, on solid footing. We have to get back to our. Um, alumni base in, in California it'll be better for us because I think outside of Colorado I believe the largest base of donors and alumni for Colorado is in California more so than Texas and so it is very funny to watch schools just chase the money but like you know it is what it is like I think everyone wants yeah. to pretend like realignment and I've started calling it consolidation at this point Colorado probably I think not it's a more accurate term ultimately yeah. but like everyone wants to say it's about all these different things and academic association. It's a hundred year things. decision, Dave. This would this <laughs> would put the light of the hundred year decision, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> would be back. this was if this happens, it would be precisely if I recall a fourteen year decision, I believe, to yes. leave the big twelve. Oh, uh, my my mistake. I said I think I accidentally said Tuesday when I was talking about with that the board of regents. It's Wednesday morning. What is the yes. board of regents meeting? So, so you know, it is what it is. Like whatever. Like you know, we all know why these moves happen. And it's just funny when we have one of these moves that is probably going to be undone uh, very quickly. Um, And we'll see. You know, there's still a lot of pieces to fall and a lot of people saying conflicting things and a lot of people. And there's still the biggest variable, obviously, is the Pac-12 media deal. We don't know what's actually. Well, I I still I still think people don't actually want to go like. In in most of these cases, nobody actually wants to move. They get forced. To, they, you know, they get to a point where they can't really make another decision, and so it feels to me like most of the Pac-12 members would like to stay in the Pac-12 if they can. And you know, it, it there's got to be a moment where you look in the right mirror number. and yeah. know that you are in danger of being one of the leftovers. And that, like when you right. when you use the word consolidation, and I think I made this point on the podcast that ran on Tuesday, but the short term boost that you might get from the big 12, assuming that they've got a better television contract with equal revenue share is good. But I think the bigger benefit than the short term paychecks 
uh, is attaching yourself to a conference that is growing and not being depleted in the sense that you don't want to end up in a position where you're just kind of left out into the dust, you know? Yeah. So like if I were in charge of a school, um, I would look in the mirror and say, are we a, a commodity that people want to have, or do we want to latch on to something or someone or somewhere that preserves our money generating ability and our relevance um, just based on happenstance of where we were at the time. It's like, you look at all the teams in the sec and the big 10 that are just like, they're on the train right now. They're happy. They're on the money. They're on the money bus. And it's like Purdue doesn't have to be in the Big Ten. Like Indiana doesn't have to be in the Big Ten, right? Like how many well, that, teams? That's in the what Big everybody 10? says is is the next step. Like when when the next set of contracts, like when the SEC contracts are finally up, that they'll all figure it out and they'll just cut the ones at the bottom. I don't necessarily believe that'll happen, but it is interesting would, to I, think about. I think the best way to put it is I kind of I I think I'm with you, Andy. But in the same breath, if I was a president or an administrator at a Rutgers or at a Vanderbilt, I'd be super nervous. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I would be sending all the gifts to, yes. to like. Well, they're going to at least be on the money train for another To the decade, Georgia right? people, for to the LSU yeah, yeah, people, yeah. like to, to the Michigan and Ohio State people. Hey, remember your old pals <laughs> in Piscataway? We'll be right back after these words. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think my main fear, Andy, with all of this, and like I've sort of gone through my sort of stages of grief and I've reached mostly acceptance, I think, of just like that this is happening. We're going to get to this place. I don't like it. There's nothing I can do about it. Whatever. I think the thing that I have not accepted yet that I hope does not happen is when we eventually get to, okay, you know, the life rafts are full. Everybody is on the Big Ten and everybody's on the SEC and this is where we're going. I hope that the NC States of the world, the Texas Techs of the world, that they don't just stop playing them all together. Because I think that's a real possibility is that you play a bunch of teams in the SEC and then you have, for TV reasons, you play three games against Big Ten teams and that's, you pull all your money together and you become mm -hmm. the AFC and the NFC the and AFC everybody and the else NFC. is just yeah. like, that, that I presumes, hope that does not happen. Yeah, that presumes that the SEC and the Big Ten ever want to work together, which would be the most financially beneficial thing for them to do. And that's why they will, Andy. But it would require them to work together. And look, having dealt with those guys over the years, it's even though it would make them gobs of money, it still feels like there's they no such do thing it. as even though that they would make all that money. That's literally the reason why these people wake up in the morning. Like, I, I, I well, think, yeah, I think right. that they'll, they'll figure out a way to kumbaya when it comes to an extra few zeros on the paycheck. Now, like the thing, it's like, and it's funny that you say that, Dave, because I haven't really spent much time considering that because it's scary. It's like a horror mm -hmm. film. What you just That's described like, that that. But like, I don't I don't buy a lot of the apocalyptic stuff where like, oh, you're ruining the sport. If that happens, I'm not going to say I wouldn't follow college football. I still love the sport. There's a lot of awesome things like the big games would be cool. Seeing USC and Ohio State play out there, like all that. I, like, OK, that's cool. But that would really almost as much as like the death of the rivalries, which I think has been the biggest cost of realignment. That would just like 
if you see these proud programs that have a lot of people that care about them, I think Texas Tech and NC State are like the best examples of this, where like a lot of people care and they yeah. played a lot of good football. I think and Iowa good State, Kansas State, they mm-hmm. the Washington Baylor. State. Yeah, yeah. If you just if they just all of a sudden you guys never get to try and beat Texas, you guys never get to try and beat Clemson or whatever. Like that's that's well. Here's the thing, too, guys. (laughs) Because anybody who listens to the show knows that I'm not. I'm kind of wary of the expansion of the playoff. But the thing that I like about the expansion of the playoff is that it leaves the door open for other leftover conferences to participate in the same championship hump that you know the big two are. Now the thing I don't know is if they stop playing those teams altogether, and that were to happen, do NC State and Texas Tech end up playing um, in their own? Playoff right. field they, do, is that another do they, championship do they that doesn't a, even equate right. to the actual national champion? And like to me, it's like you know, I kind of go back and forth on this a little bit because you know I'm an elitist. Like I like rooting for the best teams and like watching college football at the highest level. And I think the playoff should be four. All right, didn't you say TCU is gonna? You said TCU is gonna beat Georgia by double digits? Didn't you? Yes, <laughs> I did. Um, <laughs> but it's like it's like it's like that's what I have a hard time with. It's like on one hand. I don't want to see the best second tier teams lose to Georgia by 40. But on the other hand, I don't want them to not be involved. So it's like, it's like this push pull between, uh, you know, separating the levels and wanting them to be included for the sake of the wonderful fans that root for these schools. It's like, you don't have to win a national championship. And that's one thing I'm trying to learn right now. You don't have to win a national championship to you know, provide joy well, here, here's to the, the people thing. who pay the tickets to go to your games. The SEC and the Big Ten could have taken another step down the road toward that consolidation with the playoff. They didn't have to agree to this 12-team deal. This 12-team deal was a, was a way to get everybody else involved, make it more of a national proposition. Because I do think it, it needs to be nationwide. And even though the Big Ten is is on the West Coast now, I don't. It's not a nationwide sport if it's just those two leagues. Now maybe they they could add more that that make it a more geographically representative thing, but it's not a nationwide sport. And it you do not because NASCAR is kind of the cautionary tale where NASCAR is growing, 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 and then it just shrunk back into being a regional sport. So well, the thing, yeah, the thing that I have a hard time with is. If it goes down to two major conferences, like what's the point of having a 12 team playoff? Mm-hmm. Well, they wouldn't. They, uh, they, they have a 32 team league that has a 14 team playoff. The point is to make TV shows that make money. I'm just trying to to kind of like envision what that would look like, though. Because if it, it there would, comes it would a look day like where, it would look like yeah, the no, thirty-two no, team league, that <laughs> no, 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 I'm, no, no, I'm saying playoff. like so. So then we're just gonna kick everybody else in the nuts then and just say sorry, thanks for playing. Well, hopefully, hopefully not. Yeah, that is hopefully what will not happen. But this is the uh, Uncle Junior asked, "Do I do I believe is an altruistic move toward inclusion? It was about money. Yes, it was about money. Now." But they also could have made more money than everybody else and could have made a lot of money by having their own playoffs. An eight-team SEC tournament and an eight-team Big Ten tournament that feeds into the four-team playoff would have made the SEC and the Big Ten more money than this 12-team thing will make them. They could have done that, and it would have taken them another step toward where where we think it's going. But they didn't. So, again, I'm not completely sold on them 
consolidating AFC, NFC. One, again, because I know these people and I can't imagine them working together. They hate each other. They th- Each side thinks the other side's a bunch of idiots. Um, now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe th- maybe they get they, they start singing Kumbaya when the checks roll in. I have a, a person. I mean, it's just good to see Uncle June back in the mix, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a rough <laughs> go of it at, at the end there. So, uh, I'm trying to think of like a person that I really never got along with. Uh, and I, you know, I don't have any mortal enemies uh, in real life. But if I did and they said, hey, you have to work with this guy, but I will triple your salary. I'd be like, let's let's go bring him on over. Let's have dinner together. Yeah. I mean, no. I, I just greed does overcome hate. That's, I, that's I, I generally I generally think at the end of the day, because they wouldn't have to work that closely together. They just have to have their teams play. I think that that's that's a pretty simple agreement. Hey, we're going to have three crossover games a year if that happens. I, I Again, think if it consolidates it really into those two. Lo- they're, yeah. they're, they're, they would have to be the, the same entity. Something I don't want to happen. But. Yeah. Well, I, and again, <laughs> we don't have to worry about it till at least 2034. So let's yes. just, it's sort of like the ACC. Let's just kick the can down the road. We don't have to worry about this for a long, That's long time. That's how it feels like for me. Like I get to savor the four team playoff for one more year. <sighs> oh, yeah. Sa- savor that flavor. <laughs> I'm going to savor it. Amazing. And then Oklahoma State. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, guys, if getting back to the Colorado thing. And I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what anybody's going to do. I'm not I'm not pretending to say that this team's going to jump to this league or these guys are going to stay together. But if Colorado did jump back to the Big 12, do you think the people at Sewanee immediately gas up the jet and head down to Birmingham <laughs> and be like, listen, SEC, it can be done. Let us back in. University of Chicago, we're starting a football program. <laughs> Listen, we're tired of pumping out economists and economists we'll, only. We'll meet you at the Fogo de Chow. Let's get this thing going. <laughs> it's it's all happening. As as Max Olson said on Tuesday's show, there could be a lot of emergency shows. We'll talk to you soon.